0: You're listening to The Crossroad Podcast with Joey Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, The Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. Hello again, and welcome to the fourth episode of season three of The Crossroad Podcast. Today is a really important episode for the trajectory of this season. We're going to be talking about the importance of vision. This season, to remind you, is centered around how to build a culture. And so if you've joined us in the first three episodes, we've been talking about the nature of organizations, why they exist, and how to build structures that help to accentuate the possibility, the power, the potential of organizations. We define an organization as any group of humans that gather around a purpose. And so purpose is the key ingredient to an organization. It is what makes an organization what it is. And so today we wanna talk about a few tools for acknowledging and communicating your vision, your purpose. And the reason this is so important is because if we don't get this right, if we don't get the where are we going right, everything else is gonna be built on that shaky sand. If we have a false idea of where we're going or if we just have no idea of where we're going, our structures are gonna follow that lead and we're gonna build confusing structures or we're gonna build meaningless structures or we're gonna build structures to nowhere. And you can see this as a prevalent reality in many organizations in today's world. We have structures that we have built just out of a sense of habit or obligation, Um, Or you've heard phrases like the squeaky wheel gets the grease or putting out fires. And so we end up building a lot of structures as a reaction to the immediate circumstances that happened yesterday. And of course, the problem with that is that tomorrow's circumstances are going to be quite different, let alone next week or next year. And so we keep recreating structures to match yesterday's circumstances, and it creates this real kind of nauseating sense of instability. So purpose is the essential part of this whole mechanism. And when we talk about building culture, we've got to give some real serious time and thought to what our purpose is, to how to build it, and how to communicate it effectively. If we're going to build a culture, it has to begin with discovering what the purpose of our organization is. And to be clear, what I'm saying is, we've got to really dig deep to get at the deepest truth we can possibly understand about the nature of our organizations. Because our organizations are a group of people that are gathered around a purpose. So we've got to ask ourselves, what is that purpose? And is it a purpose that I share with the people that are around me um, that that are other participants in this organization? Maybe another way of saying that is, do we all understand this purpose equally. I think one of the things that's so interesting when you get into family dynamics or business practices uh, or friend groups for that matter, people just tend to kind of assume that everybody's thinking the same way that they do. So even when we use a word like vision or purpose or mission or value, uh, even a word like culture, we have this kind of fuzzy definition in our own head And we kind of assume that everybody has the same fuzzy definition and we're therefore just innately all working off of the same script. But that's not the case. Everybody's fuzzy definitions are a little bit different. And so we've got to be real intentional about communicating. And we've got to be real intentional about putting these pieces together so that we can share purpose most effectively. And we've talked uh, multiple times this season about the problem of cross-purposes, when we each come to work with a different agenda in mind, when we each have our own uh, unique and combative or competitive vision uh, for our family unit, it becomes volatile. It becomes problematic. And so, one of the things we've got to do is is get to a sense of shared purpose, which doesn't mean that everybody understands my purpose and agrees to and agrees that I win, essentially. What it means is that we understand where is the common ground, what is the base level, the foundation of what we're all trying to get out of this organization together and how can we accentuate that and build upon it so that the organization itself thrives but also so that each individual participant within the organization thrives. So here's a few, a few things for us to think about as we get into this and, and I want to give you a heads up that we're going to get real practical here in a second and I'm going to walk you through what Kylie and I do when we go into organizations and teach these tools. The very beginning part of that process and and what that looks like, we're going to give it to you here and encourage you to take that as kind of a first step for building culture in your companies or your families or friend groups or softball teams or whatever it might be. But a few things to say up front. Uh, The first I've touched on a little bit is that we don't want to assume that everybody understands the purpose of the organization or that everybody conceives of the purpose of the organization in the same way that we do. So you might show up to work and think, you know, this is obviously a for-profit company. Our purpose is to make money. Um, well, may- maybe other people don't necessarily agree with you that that is the purpose of the organization. They may see making money as a means to, en- to an end, whereas you may see it as as the end. And so that can create some tension point if if we assume that everybody is on the same page without communicating and making that clear. And as I said before, uh, definitions are so important. We are a we're a kaleidoscope of complicated ideas and perceptions. And one of the great values of my marriage with Kylie is that we are constantly having to check and test and measure our definitions. For example, our mission, our vision for our purpose for our marriage is unity to the glory of God, uh, which sounds pretty straightforward. It's about togetherness, right? But what do we mean by unity? What does it mean to be united? I am a person who one of my values is harmony, so I really, I really love it when people get along. I really love it when there's peace and when there's connection and and a sense of togetherness. And so for me, when I think about unity, that's what I think about first and foremost. I think about peace. I think about this kind of sitting around the fire kumbaya type of moment. When Kylie thinks about unity, she thinks about truth. She thinks about calling things what they are, which is sometimes um, causes conflict. It sometimes causes discomfort. And to me, discomfort and conflict seem contradictory to unity. Of course they're not, but I need Kylie's perspective to help remind me of that. So even as we get into definitions and and the way people are raised and the background that they have and just the perspective that each individual participant has, it's so important for us to continually not assume that our own experience, that our own definitions are A, absolutely correct, and be shared by everybody around us. So we've got to have a sense of humility as we come into this. The second thing about this is we've got to spend the time to do this. You will be hard-pressed to find many institutions, many you know companies or churches or any official sort of organization that doesn't have like a mission statement. And one of the issues that we've discovered is that these mission statements are largely the product of like one retreat at the beginning of the year where you workshop a bunch of ideas and come up with a vision for your company. Uh, But it doesn't get talked about for the rest of the year. And if I show up in the middle of a year at some random day at your company and I were to ask you, what's the mission statement for your company? Would you know what it is? That's actually a step above other types of organizations such as marriages, which think that mission statements, vision statements are things that belong in The corporate world, but not necessarily uh, in private relationships. But as we've talked about before, relationships are organizations just like companies are, and therefore the same thing that works in one works in the other. So we've got to be willing to spend the time to really get into this. The other thing that we see so often, and to be honest, this is the reason companies do mission statements more often than families do, is that it's a bit of a disingenuous approach. What we want to do is we want to have a flowery, inspiring sounding mission statement to impress our consumers, to woo our investors, to make us sound and feel very grand about what we are doing. And that's one of the reasons that it gets lost in the shuffle of day-to-day is because it's not true. It's not true to what we value. It's not true to what we aspire to. It's not true to our uh, deep and innate purpose. All it is is a game that we're playing, a checkbox that we are checking uh, in order to try to present ourselves in favorable light to the rest of the world. And so in order to really get at what our purpose is in our organizations, we've got to spend the time. We've got to take the energy. This isn't something where it happens in a day and you're going to walk away from that you know, retreat feeling like this is all done and dusted, like it's all finished and you don't have to do anything else concerning purpose. Everybody understands we're all on the same page. It doesn't work that way. It's a kaleidoscope. It's complex. And so in order to really optimize this, We've got to spend the time not only to establish it, but to reinforce it day in and day out. Third thing is we've got to dig deep. And what I mean by this is we've got to really, and this goes back to kind of spending the time, we've got to really allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to ask the question, why? Why do we care about the things that we, that we say we care about? Because often what we do is we develop these walls, these layers to protect ourselves from the scary uh, vulnerability that comes with exposing what our true purpose is, what really matters to us. So an example I can give you is money is not anybody's purpose. Making money is not the purpose for anybody. Uh, It's not the purpose for any individual. It's not the purpose for any company. When we talk about profit or we talk about making money, we are always talking about a means to an end. There's no one out there whose deep desire is just to collect money. No one's desire is just to have money sitting on a shelf, uh, to just have it be there, to not tell anybody about it, but just just collect it. Money is a currency in, a, in more ways than one. It is a means to an end. So we want money. We aspire to make money because of the power that comes with it, because of the validation that we're doing something worthwhile that we imagine it will bring. So we've got to dig deeper and ask ourselves, why do we want to make money? Why is money important to us? What do I think money is going to get me? And once we do that several times, we'll begin to get to a deeper sense of what our purpose truly is. Because we sort of set up tents and make a home on the most superficial of those layers because it's just safest. Not only from the world outside, but just from our own awareness. It is a act of courage. To really discover and name your values and your vision. To really say, you know what, this is what I care about. It's just like falling in love with a person. When you open yourself up to that, there's a danger that you're going to miss out on it. That somebody's going to reject you. And being rejected for something deep and core about who you are is a frightening proposition. So the alternative for so many of us is apathy, complacency. We'd rather not feel than expose ourselves to feeling hurt. And what happens, therefore, is we don't get the real feeling of being alive. And so another way of saying this for what we're talking about is we don't really allow ourselves the intention of pursuing the deepest purpose of our lives because we're afraid we're gonna fail. When I was a teenager, I started to fall in love with writing and I discovered that when I wrote, it felt very personal and I wanted to be a writer. You know, I wanted to write for a living, but more important than that, I, I wanted to share my thoughts, I wanted to share my stories and the way that I did that most effectively, the thing that felt most real to me uh, was writing, putting it into words on, on paper. But when I was a teenager, I was scared that people were going to see it and that they were going to reject it and they're going to think it was stupid. I was afraid to tell people I wanted to be an author because I thought it was this kind of pipe dream that people would kind of roll their eyes and be like, OK, sure, you'll be one of the, you know, one in a million that or, or worse than that, that makes this a, makes a living out of this thing. And I just felt foolish for wanting it and for, for feeling that way. So I hit it. And heading into my 20s, I honestly didn't write until I felt like it was about to burst out of me. So another way of saying that is I didn't allow myself to participate in my purpose until I felt like I was drowning and I had to uh, to find my way to air no matter what. And then when I did, I, I made sure I got down under the safety of the layers as quickly as possible. It wasn't until my 30s that I really started to be unapologetic for the deep purpose of my life, which is words, trying to string Words together and make sense. Trying to tell stories that have truth in them and share that with with the world, with the people around me, and the world at large. So all of this to say that if we really want to have an effective organization, if we really want to build a meaningful culture, we have to dig deep to discover the true purpose for our organization. Not the easiest thing, not the first thing that comes to mind, not the most superficial, not the easiest to achieve or the easiest to pursue or the easiest to explain, but the deepest, truest sense of why this group is gathered. The last thing to say before we move on is, when we get there, and we'll talk a little bit about the process of how to get there in a minute, but when we get there, we've gotta communicate that purpose clearly and consistently. Kylie and I, when we work on mission statements with organizations, we find that one of the reasons people can't just say it off the top of their head is because it's two paragraphs long. And so we really encourage people to get this down to a slogan. Like think uh, think, think of the slogans you hear for different ad companies. There's a reason they're short. It's just a few sentences. I told you before, our marriage purpose is unity to the glory of God. So we want something that we can communicate. And that's that's why. We want something short and pithy that can be easily put to memory and can be easily recounted. Because the more easily it comes to mind, the more easily it is transferred, the more consistently it becomes part of what we do. And the more embedded it becomes in the structures we build. And the more clear it becomes in the people who make up our organizations. So a a lot of times I think organizations struggle with how do we figure out what our purpose is, which is difficult. But in a sense, that that is maybe half of the battle. The other half is... Once we figure it out, how do we communicate it clearly and consistently? To me, one of the most interesting and fascinating questions about this is, uh, is purpose something that we decide on? Do we choose it just out of anything? Or is it something that we discover, something that's kind of innately true within us? I like to think it's the latter. I like to think that there's this like treasure buried deep within me. I like to think that I didn't necessarily decide to be a writer. I had an aptitude for it and a passion for it. Uh, but I don't think I could have just e- easily have shown to have an aptitude and passion for music. Um, writing is who I am. And I think there's a part of that that's just always been true. And so in some ways, it's, it's a bit of a treasure hunt. Going down deep within yourself to seeing what's there, what's that core Light inside of you that causes you to uniquely be you. And that's true on an individual level, but it's also true on an organizational level. What is that thing that is the heart, uh, that is the real lifeblood, the real purpose of what we're doing? All right. All that being said, I'm going to take you through a bit of a process of how we help organizations discover their purpose. And this is pretty straightforward. It's not that. Uh, complex of a step although that's not to say it, it's easy but here we go the first thing that that I would encourage you to do is to do a values exercise as a group so get your organization together if you've got a you know massive company or something start with your executive team your leaders. If you're thinking about your family, just get the whole group together and go through a values exercise. Um, There are a few different ways to do this. If you go to thecrossroad.net, we have some access to values cards that you can go through. And uh, there's also just like lists of values online that you can find. Just whatever... Even if, you, uh, even if you just sit around the dinner table and start listing out values and, and try to come to a consensus. But the way we do it is we have kind of a deck of values cards, and each card has a value on it. Uh, vulnerability is a value. Truth is a value. Harmony is on one of those. Faith is one. And, and so what we do when we travel around the country, around the world is we give a list to we give a deck of these cards to the group and we say okay go through this and whittle it down to the five values that are essentially true of your organization which takes a lot of which requires a lot of of uh, the practices that I mentioned before people have to really talk about what does truth mean do we really fight for truth what does harmony mean does harmony mean a lack of conflict or does harmony mean um, engaging in conflict well? Are there things that umbrella underneath other values? Because one of the things that people struggle with when they do this exercise is all of the values are good things. What you're trying to do is figure out what, which of those are, are most representative of the treasure within the heart of your organization. So, for example, I could make the argument that harmony goes underneath truth that harmony is a means to an end and truth is really what we're after. You could also make the complete opposite argument that harmony is the greater value and truth is a way that you get to harmony. It's a way that you get to this shared sense of togetherness that leads to synergy. Neither one of those approaches is wrong, but what it takes is your group coming together to talk through this. So the first step is go through this values exercise. March slowly one at a time through these lists and... Uh, and sort of make three piles, one yes, one maybe, one no, uh, just kind of really as quickly as you can. And then shuffle off the, you know, dismiss the no pile, put the yes and the maybe together, shuffle them again, and go through it once more. Now you've seen everything and talk through uh, which of these values could be umbrellaed in the in others, which of these is, is truest, deeply true about, about who we are as a company. So again, don't be in a hurry with this. Take your time but work together to get to five values that really speak to the heart of who you are. And the reason that we do this is because coming up with a purpose or a vision statement, uh, just f- you know, from zero, from square one, is a difficult leap for us uh, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which, as I've mentioned, we've buried it under a lot of superficial gunk. And so values are a way of kind of breaking the ice. Uh, think of it as spokes to the hub of a wheel. If the rubber of the tire is like where the rubber hits the road, where we're living practically day to day, our values kind of point inward. And so that leads to the second step. Once you have your five values, look at them and say like, all right, how can we come up with one pithy statement that encompasses these five values and speaks to the core of who we are. So some of you who have listened to our previous seasons may have heard this story, but Kylie and I did this for our marriage. We had a really difficult time coming up with a with a mission statement. And so we talked about values and we came up with values like intentionality, joy, vulnerability, these kinds of things. And then once we had them together, we were like, all right, what are what is like what is the hub from which these things are spokes? And what we came to was unity, the concept of unity. We want joy because it brings us together. We want vulnerability because it brings us together. We want intentionality because we are partners in this life and we want to share in this thing together. So all of these things kind of were falling under the grand umbrella of unity. So unity, and not just unity for, for no reason, but unity for purpose, for the glory of God, became our mission statement for our marriage, our vision statement. So if step one is to do a values exercise as a group, step two is to take those five values that you come up with and turn them into a statement, an easy-to-memorize, short statement. Now, some of you are listening to this thinking, like, I work at a company, where do you have a vision statement? What I would encourage if you already have a mission statement or a vision statement or whatever you call it, is once you do the values exercise, to have a conversation about how do the values that you have named align with the mission statement that you have in place. Does it align is a good place to start because if it doesn't align, it's maybe time to rethink your mission statement. And if it does align, it's important for you to know how and to make the connections of how. So we mentioned way back in episode one that there are two kinds of challenges with building culture. One is building it from the ground up. Which is kind of the way I've been explaining it so far. The other is how do you how do you change it? How do you uh, move culture once it's already, on a certain trajectory. If you're trying to change culture, it starts in the same way. You name your values. You spend time being getting to the foundation of your essential values, and then you hold that up against the purpose of your organization. And again, the next step would be not just your stated purpose, but the purpose that you're living out—the day in day day in day out uh, vision that, that's being communicated through a variety of structures within your organization. So if you're a, a new company or if you're doing this as a family or if you haven't done this before, you would take those five values, turn them into a statement. If you're an existing entity, you would an existing organization, you would take those five values and kind of measure them against your current mission, and you would either change that mission or you would be intentional about making the connection between values and and the mission as it is. The next thing that I encourage you to do would be to do the same thing, the same values exercise, but with each individual participant. So what I mean is if uh, at the beginning you were all sitting around trying to discover the values of your company, of your family, the values of the organization. This time, I would encourage you to, to give each member, each participant, their own deck of values cards and have them try to figure out the five core values for themselves as individuals, who they are, not just in the organization that we're talking about, but just in the greater context of their, their entire lives. And the reason that this is important is because of what happens next. What would happen next is you would spend some time saying, all right, participant one, what are your individual values and how do they connect with the five values of our organization? All right, individual two, what are your core values as a person and how do they connect with what our core values are in this organization? Because the key to building a healthy culture is making that connection is helping people understand that who they are as a person and what role they play in this organization are mutually inclusive and are dependent on one another in order for for them and for the organization to live the most effective life possible. So how do your individual values connect with your organizational purpose? How can who I am empower me, equip me to be a key contributor to what we are trying to do together. And then lastly, what we encourage is communicate this vision, this company vision incessantly. You ought to communicate it so much that people have like a little bit of nausea anytime it gets mentioned. A lot of the organizations we work with, they end up putting their mission statement or their values uh, on posters on the walls. They put them on the screens that rotate throughout their system. They put it on their email signatures. They put it on the headers and footers and everything that you can imagine, communicate it, put it up there. If somebody, if a stranger who's never heard of you accidentally gets lost and is shows up to your to your building looking for directions, they should be able to walk through the halls and have an idea of what you're about. Because that's the only way that your purpose is going to be consistently communicated. And that's the only way it's going to bleed through everything you do as a company. I was watching this sci-fi series a few days ago, and uh, it was set in space. And and they had one of those, like, uh, you know, spaceships. And in the hallway, there were these, like, neon lights with arrows that kind of were, like, pulsating in one direction that would show people where to go. So when it was time to go to eat food, the arrows would, like, point people towards the mess hall, when it was time for people to go to work, the arrows would go a different way and would point people towards where they needed to go for work. Essentially, that's what you're doing by putting these things up everywhere. You're showing everybody in a very obvious way, this is where we were going. So put it up, put it literally in front of people's eyeballs. Uh, The next thing in terms of communicating this vision incessantly is talk about it in meetings. When you start a meeting, it doesn't matter if it's a big level brainstorm or if it's a in the weeds practical meeting, you should lead with your vision statement. You should lead with our vision is unity to the glory of God. And this budget conversation that we're about to have is important to help us achieve that vision, right? Uh, You should say at your company, our vision is to bring sustainable solutions to the world. And this conversation about whether or not we should hire Jerry or Rick is a conversation about how we can help uh, posture ourselves to achieve this purpose most effectively. So all of your meetings, all of your conversations, this should just be, you know, your vision, Maybe your values as well should just be put up on a slide, mentioned in two or three minutes right up front so that it sets the stage for all of the conversations that you have. Uh, Lastly, in terms of communicating incessantly, like mention it to new hires. With, uh, With our company, with The Crossroad, we just hired a bunch of interns. And a few of them, when I first met with them, just like, here's what we're about. Here's what this is. And that's a luxury we have in being kind of a small startup unknown entity is people are just like, what exactly is this? Which gives us a great opportunity to say, this is our vision. This is our values. This is what we're about. And that pays a ton of dividends in the long run, because what you want is you want people that are in alignment with what you're trying to do. In a competitive job market, you've got to make sure that you're communicating your vision and, and people want to be a part of meaningful organizations. That's why we're doing this season. That's why people join communities to begin with. So communicate your vision incessantly, which concludes plastering it on the walls, starting your meetings with it, and, and using it when you're talking with new hires. To wrap up this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about why this works this way (laughs) so why is purpose so central why is purpose so so key to what makes an organization what it is and why do we have to be so intentional about it the reason it works this way is because there's a certain framework for how life operates so we've been talking about this in an organizational setting but this is true in an individual setting as well we are driven through purpose. Purpose is the main motivator. I'll say it this way. There's nothing that inspires us to move like an imagined future. We can either be terrified of that imagined future or hopeful of it, but we move based on where, like a vision for the future, where we think things might go. So with the Crossroad, one of the central tool that we talk about with everybody that we talk about is... Is called there here path and we call it the framework of life you start with a there where do I want to go what's my purpose what's my vision and then you name your here which is your current reality what is the truth about today and then your path is about how do we navigate from where we are to where we want to be so everything works this way when you get up in the morning you're doing there here path uh, through your morning routine, you're doing their hair path at work. You're doing their hair path when you travel for vacation. You're doing their hair path when you have a conversation with your family at dinner. It's the framework of life. It is the process that we go through day in and day out over and over and over again. And so what we need to do to live meaningful lives and therefore what we need to do to ha- have meaningful organizations is to be intentional about making the most out of the framework of life. We need to spend that time diving deep into our there. We need to spend the time developing structures and mental models and understanding of our here so that we can navigate the path more truly, more consistently, more effectively and most meaningfully everything works like this everything that we go through everything we experience on an individual basis a corporate basis it all follows their, here path the framework of life and so the framework of life begins with a there it begins with starting with a vision an imagined future as i said is our truest motivator it's the thing that inspires us that moves us along and when we talk about this there's actually two different kinds of theirs One is an achievable there, so like uh, something that can be accomplished. So I might have a, Kylie and I have a there of buying a home. We have a there of going to vacation in the Smoky Mountains, right? These are theirs that will be achieved. We might call them goals, things that we can accomplish and, and we will accomplish. Uh, or won't accomplish, depending on, on how much effort we put into it and how much we see it associated to our ultimate vision. So that's the first kind of there is these achievable ones. The problem that so many people get into is that they achieve one goal and then they're not sure where to go next. It's like jumping from a lily pad. We're just kind of bouncing around in these random directions and we just don't know what to do. Even when we achieve something big like getting married or having kids or, or making a certain amount of money or getting the raise we were after or graduating college, these are all achievable goals, achievable theirs. But what happens too often is we graduate college, we end up having kids, and then we just don't know what's next. It creates this problem, the what's next problem. Where do I go from here? So the second kind of there, and this is the kind we've been talking about this episode, is a transcendent there. We need a transcendent there so our achievable there's have somewhere to go. We need something that is uh, so big that we can never completely accomplish it. So what this means is the purpose for your organization is not a goal that you will ever completely finish. It is something that you can participate in, but you can't ever complete. So Kylie and I can be unified every day. But it's never gonna to get to a point where it's like, all right, unity's done, now what do we do next? It's constantly something that we can work on. So it's this real paradox of something that you can constantly achieve, but constantly pursue at the same time. And that is what we really need. And that is what we really need in order to live a meaningful life and in order to build meaningful organizations. So when we talk about building a culture, it all begins with discovering, naming, and communicating a clear and honest there. It grounds your organization, it tethers you to the truth, to something meaningful. And you've gotta do that before you start building structures, before you start hiring people, before you start uh, doing anything else, because without that, you're gonna be on this real shifty sand. So the first step in building culture is to go through those values exercises, to have these slow, intentional conversations about who we are, what are we trying to do, What motivates us? What is the ultimate there, the transcendent there we are trying to achieve? And once you establish that, and once you commit to communicating that incessantly, the question then becomes, how do we get there? The question then becomes, if that's where we want to go, where are we now? And how do we get there from here? Thank you for listening to The Crossroad Podcast. The world is out there, waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.